What's going on? This is Fire Leader Podcast. We're going to get right to Philly Talk. Great things happen in Philadelphia sports. Let's get right to the Eagles. Now, I've been hearing a lot of mess talked about the Eagles and um, Jordan Howard wasn't a good acquisition, which is crazy. Super crazy. Like, what are y'all thinking, man? The last three years. I mean, it's it's like I've been hearing a lot of crazy mess. Attached to crazy mess about Jordan Howard. I feel like there's a lot of things in sports that have been taken away. The physicality of football, maybe the physicality in the NBA, you know, not allow people to play like men, play physical. Crazy rules. But let's talk about the intelligent IQ of football. Now, this should already be shut down. Usually back in the day, if something like this was to come out, this notion would be shut down. Jordan Howard, the last three years, has not been a more successful running back in the last three years. Only two guys, Ty Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. Two Pro Bowls, two franchise pieces as running backs. Nobody has rushed more yards. Then he's had 24 touchdowns in the last three years. Seven touchdowns per year. Like just about seven touch, seven point three. You know, you got nine one year, nine one year. You know, and then you come with um, really it was twenty five. He had seven another year. All right, so we got twenty five touchdowns in the last three years, and you just give or take. So we talking eight touchdowns per year per se in the last three years. So we talking about a guy that's been productive, ultra productive for a team that ain't even been productive. And then last year they make the playoffs, and you talk about uh, beginning fitting the scheme. Of course, his potential wasn't even maximized in the whole system. He had thirteen hundred yards his first year, they're around twelve hundred the next year, and nine hundred next year. You know why? That's what happens when you have a scheme that's not favored for you. It's coaches that come in automatically and don't even have a fit for you. They're not even excited about you, so you don't maximize your potential. So we're talking about nine hundred thirty-five yards last year. But nobody talks about how not only did the Chicago Bears win the division. What's big is that the last five games, the Chicago Bears were four and one. And it attributes a lot to them making the playoffs. Four and one. He had 399 yards, averaged 4.5 yards per carry, and had two 100 yard games. And people talk about all oh, fabricate, uh, pinpoint, and use. And it, no, the facts are facts. People, when people operate, people on the field and do things, the thing is called stats. It accumulates what they do game by game, yard by yard, certain situations. In that five game stretch, they were four and one. He had 399 yards on 88 carries, 4.5 yards per carry, and he had four touchdowns. He was, a, he was, no doubt, a primetime runner. So you got one of the elite backs the last three years on your team. Top five back. He's also in the Pro Bowl. I mean, what else can you say? So, once again, you listen to people. That's how they talk. And they sound retarded. Ian, uh, Ian Rappaport, who was one of the best and respected analysts that we have, said that if he even makes the team, Everybody has a hiccup, y'all. Everybody gets sick. Everybody has colds. Everybody gets some people. Sometimes people don't forget to take their flu shots. And they get the flu, being stupid, making stupid decisions, right? Ian had one of those hiccups. I mean, this, he's, a, he's a smart guy, but he has a hiccup. <laughs> this guy didn't even have to make the Bears. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, he did his thing. He was the number one running back. He didn't have to make it. They knew he was going to make it. He was drafted because it was a need. There was a lot of people looking at Jordan Howard out of Indiana, big time back out of Indiana. And a lot of people looked at him. Bears took a draft pick at him. And guess what? He was good. So what makes you think the Eagles could keep that six-round pick? They could have kept that. Let them have 11 picks. Could have kept that. Why would they give up a six-round pick? Just because? Just to see if this works? No, they could easily keep that. They could have signed another running back. Not only that, the Eagles have three running backs already with the team. Not to mention Boston Scott, who I think doesn't matter. He won't be there. But they already have three running backs. Why would they waste a draft pick on filling up their roster? With a guy with those type of credentials, they could have waited for, they could have drafted two running backs. They could have waited for undrafted. Just, I mean, they could have waited. Could have waited. Could have waited. Didn't even spend a six-round 2020 on Jordan Howard. Just so he wouldn't make the team. They knew he was going to make the team. That's why they even went for that gamble. Jordan Howard is what they need. If you look at this running back, if you want to really talk about the running back scenario, let's talk about um, more than anything. Let's talk about Jordan Howard and um, and and Josh Adams. That's the big thing. Jordan Howard and, and Josh Adams. We're going to get to that. We we're going to um, take a little quick break. I want when we take a break, we're gonna come back and talk more Philadelphia Eagles. We also gonna talk some uh, Philadelphia 76ers. We're gonna talk some Philadelphia Phillies. You know, uh, it's not Flyers time, but we definitely are on these three teams right now to talk more and more about the emergence of Philly. The Phillies are people. You know, I, I hear people talk all the time. I just knew what was gonna happen. I knew what was gonna happen. It's no doubt it was going to happen. So, um, we get back, we're going to talk about just how good this Philadelphia Eagle running back tandem is and why it's going to help them win the Super Bowl. Because right now, I'm on that. I've seen them do this too. When I saw them do it, and I've seen how they do it, they got the same type of team. We're going to break that down also about um, the Philadelphia Eagles and why, like, why would they have this unbelievable team you know why would they have this team that's so good now why why would make them be a team that's going to win a Super Bowl so when we get to this point and I break it down to you and let you see exactly what I'm talking about with this Philadelphia Eagle team you'll really know and you'll understand this is for everybody to understand why the Eagles are going to be that team why they're going to be such a good team alright the Eagles have it. The blueprint is out there. When we get back on Fire League, we're going to talk about
Filler talk on file the leader. Um, a lot more to talk about concerning the great team known as the Eagles because that's what they are, man. This is what's going to be this type of year because when the Eagles made their team, Super Bowl team, they had a lot of veterans, guys like Torrey Smith who had been to the uh, Super Bowl before, um, Michael Jenkins, LeGarrette Blunt, Chris Long. There were other guys on offensive linemen that didn't, you know, just get in there and get no time, but had Super Bowl experience. Then you had other guys of experience, like Nick Foles. Nick Foles had been through the ups and downs of football. And believe me, what he left Carson Wentz with was a a brain full of treasure because the experience that Nick Foles had, he taught Carson Wentz. Everybody talking about what Carson Wentz is. Carson Wentz is a dynamic player. Is he going to be healthy? Carson Wentz didn't go down on the field. The team decided to shut him down. They were looking at an opportunity not to make the playoffs. They were settled with not making the playoffs. If this was the outcome of Foles playing, not making the playoffs, never was going to be. But one thing was for sure, they was going to give Foles his tryout, let teams see what he was about, let him, you know, paint his own picture. And that's what that was all about. Foles got to get off, got to get teams to see him, get to showcase Foles. And in return, if they got a Super Bowl in return, they was okay. They got a Super Bowl in return, but they weren't going to risk hurting Carson Wentz. It was all a gamble. People don't understand that. This was not a move to bench Carson Wentz because he wasn't playing good. This wasn't to aggravate his injury. This wasn't to put him out there 
to risk anything when they they didn't even have a clear cut record. If they would have went to that playoffs with um with a division leading record, Carson Wentz would have never sat down. They would have been riding high with it. He probably would have sat down the last game, you know, pending if they had earned the playoff spot or won a division. This was not because all of a sudden, oh, he's hurt, he can't play. They didn't want to bruise the injury, and they felt, let's go ahead and give Nick Foles a go and see where this goes. Push come to shove teams to seeing what he has. That's all that was. They were prepared to lose. When you have a guy that's healthy and a quarterback that's healthy, he doesn't come out. Maybe the last game, he doesn't come out. He keeps playing. They see they got the momentum with Carson Wentz. But as they were losing, why keep on letting him play in a, a position where they could lose or the best football wasn't play, being played, the elite football wasn't being played? Why would you keep on letting the guy play? Why would you put him out there when they clearly had a losing record or clearly had a trying record? And you put a guy injury at risk when you're trying to win with a losing Basically, a losing or mediocre record. That's not how they want to do it. That's not how they want to do their future quarterback. You have a guy that's about to leave. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he puts on the table. Win or lose. And if it's a magic ride, it's a magic ride. That's all that was. Now, coming to the, um, looking at the team and looking at, um, Jordan Howard and the type of guys they have on this team. Josh Adams was, um, one of those guys who came in and basically gave this team exactly what they needed. Josh Adams did the same thing Corey Clement did. Surprised everybody. 511 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. He had um good games. He showed burst, uh, 6'2", 225. He's going to be a guy that's going to stay in this rotation. Why? Because he's another big back. They can gain yards. He's, he's a guy that can break yards. He's going to be a good weapon in this running attack. They know what he brings to the table. They're not sitting up here saying, well, he just came in. No, they know they have a talented running back on their stable. Now you got Jordan Howard. All right. You come out with Jordan Howard, who gives you another type of player. Jordan Howard gives you a back that has been in the trenches, has had a lot of the pressure on him. I mean, when you have a team that's trying to come up like the Bears was, they weren't going nowhere, you're just trying to find an identity, and you get a blessing like Howard, he just comes up and has 1,300 yards his first year. All right, he has uh, 1,200 yards next year. Then you're looking at 935 yards. Everybody talking about him. he went down 3.7, of course. He wasn't dependent on a use like that. You didn't even think. He was just put in there to see, well, if he gets in there, he'll add some yards. They didn't put it on the on his back like usual. And he almost had a thousand yards still. With nine touchdowns. One of the best short yards running back. So you put him, a five hundred eleven yard guy, and nine hundred thirty-five yard guy, and you get fourteen hundred and forty-six yards from your running back. You get not only that, you get eight, you get twelve touchdowns. I mean, if you put those two guys in the same backfield, it's gonna be hard, it's gonna wear defenses down. All the time. Two different type of runners. One can really get between the tackles. One just a guy that, you know, he can burst on you at any time. With their mixture of styles, it's going to give them 
something that's going to be hard for teams to handle. Corey Clement is a guy he can catch. He had 100 yards receiving in the Super Bowl, one of the best catches in the Super Bowl, a dynamic receiving talent. He'll be that guy that's, that's going to be a you know good, be able to catch the ball, run between the tackles. Wendell Small with another running back there. You got to start giving him a little credit. They got 4.2 yards per carry, 364 yards, three touchdowns. People got to start giving him a little bit more credit, man. Just, just a little bit more credit. Now, my thing is, I don't think he, you know, survives the cut. I don't think he really survives the cut of with this team because I feel like they're going after one in this draft. They're looking too hard. Darrell Henderson, Dave Devin Singletary, Josh Jacobs, looking too hard. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is a big-time explosive running back, a type of guy who can, you know, change the game himself. Karen Hag done. I got his visit them from Michigan. Vakeo Armstead, another running back out of Temple. They're looking for another running back. There's no doubt. And my thing is that I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles decide to keep five running backs. I wouldn't be surprised. But Wendell Smallwood could be out of here. I just think he's a talented running back. This is not the team, though. It's not the team. But Wendell Smallwood proved he can be a very viable player in the offense with the Eagles. So now we, we turn to the running back situation. This is just look at it. Corey Clement, what he's done. Look at what Corey Clement has done. Last year, Smallwood also caught 28 receptions for 230 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, just look at what Smallwood has really done. That's why I say I'm just not, you got, I mean, look at this team. You can't really think they're just going to say, well, we get a running back, Smallwood has to go. This team likes death, and they looked at how depleted they were with Ajayi being out, and, and you know, Sproles was the only one there, and Corey Clement got hurt, and they had Josh Adams and Smallwood. They want to keep – usually when they get hurt in departments, they want to keep death. It's like look at the cornerbacks now. I'm, you know they're going to keep a bunch of cornerbacks. These guys are talented. They're going to have them going in there like dogs, fighting for spots, and they all going to come out good in the end of the tunnel. On top of that, they all going to come out good. So – if you look at um how good the running backs are, I would not be surprised if the Eagles selected a Miles Sanders or somebody even in the first. How can you not think they can get John Jacobs in the first? They don't have no clear-cut needs. Whoever they feel like is good, they're going to get. But I just feel like in, in this instance, in the first round, the Eagles are looking for offense-defensive line, how Rosemont stated it, getting Howard takes away their first round like they want to get him. But if Josh Jacobs slips to the second round, I would not be surprised. Listen, there's a lot of things in this draft you got to look at. And I think the Eagles could go after Josh Jacobs, but I don't think they'll trade up for Josh Jacobs. I think if they'll wait till they get to the second round, there's guys like Devin Singletary and Darrell Henderson who could be there in the 53rd and 57th pick that could give Philadelphia another young running back that could fall back. Um, you can let Wendell Smallwood. You can let Corey Clement. You can let Josh Adams. And you can let – um. Jordan Howard all stay there, and they all can be a good, good rotation. Just think of those guys all getting touches on the ball. They can be dynamic. 
like put together. I mean, if you don't have a guy that's a clear cut one, two, three back, or you just let one guy get his yards, one this guy get two rushes, this guy get two rushes. And you're starting to see Smallwood pick up important yards. Adams pick up important yards. with fresh legs. Corey Clement pick up important yards. And Howard, and in turn, you don't know who to stop because you don't know who's going to get the ball. You don't know who to prepare for. So it can wear down the defense. If you get somebody like Miles Sanders, just to add to the staple right now, just to say Josh Jacobs, for example, it just gives them a running back that can fall back or either come in camp and take some reps. It can happen. Somebody reps can get took with his Clements. Everybody's going for their job. I think Howard's the only guy who's a staple. He's the guy that's there. I think they intend to sign him to be there back. And then you have another back drafted who's going to be there for four or five years. Then you've got Clement and, and Howard who are still going to be there for, I mean, Adams who are going to be there forever. How long they're there. Smallwood to be there forever long he's there. You just want to have a depth field running backs that are ready and fresh, ready to go. You don't want to go through that problem where people get hurt again. You want people ready. And I think Josh Jacobs could be that guy that come in there. He could. I think if they get Josh Jacobs in the first round, you could see a Howard Jacobs. And then you're looking at Clement. You're looking at him. And you're looking at um Adams. And you're looking at Smallwood. All get like pieces of rock. But I think Jacobs will be a guy that his first year wouldn't be thrown in there, but he will be putting there to be a weapon, to be that type of player. Then you look at Miles Sanders in the second round. He's not, Now, that's when you look at, like, for sure, a guy can sit and learn. When you're in the second round, in the first round, it's a little bit more pressure, but with Philly, it won't be no pressure. It'll just be a guy sitting back there learning from other guys and work your way into the lineup. You're not going to be – I don't care if you're a first-round pick, second-round pick. They're not looking at needs right now. So whoever they get is, is going to get some piece of the rock. He's going to get a chance to come in there and play, see what he has. Depending on what he does at camp is where he is. But he won't be just forced into the role. He'll just be added as another weapon, a guy that could be working there slowly because you have other guys, period. No matter what running back they get in this draft, first, second, third round, he's not going to be just – the pressure's not going to be putting him. He's not going to be giving like a 1,000 snaps. No, he's going to be thrown in there slow. And, you know, depending on where he's drafted, I think if he's a first-round pick, you can see him being the third, a guy to get some snaps. But it don't mean he'll get just a lot of snaps. And then if you look at it, I can go the other route. If Jacobs can come in there, he can sit right back. Howard going to rush the ball. Clement knows the offense, so he's clearly going to get snaps. He's going to come in there. He's clearly going to get snaps. Then you look at the second year, then you can see Jacobs moving into their second slot or third slot. Second or third most important back. Second or the third most important back. So I think if you look at Josh Jacobs and he gets drafted this year, I think he will get time to catch the ball. But he will not be thrown in there to get all these touches that everybody think he's going to get now. It'll be the next year when you see him come in another full camp and you look at Smallwood, if he's there or not. Because if Smallwood is gone, I'm just giving a lot of different scenarios. I say Smallwood. In my opinion, I think Smallwood's gone after that running back is drafted. But it just depends on whose it is. If it's first or second round, I think Smallwood's out of here. If it's the third round or it's the fourth round running back, I think he battles with Smallwood and anything could go. But if first, second round, they get a running back, I think Smallwood's out of here.
I think he's clearly out of here. But fourth round, he battles Smallwood to see who makes the team. I think it still could be a five. I mean, they could do whatever they want. Now that their lineup is like this, that's how it's going to be. And like I said, no matter who comes in there, they're just not going to come in there and automatically be the number one running back, be the number two running back. They're going to let them learn the offense, let them step back, and let everybody else play. Let that first-round pick sit back every once in a while while he comes in there. And that's another reason why I think that first-round pick is not a running back because, you know, you would have to focus some more into the offense. Second-round pick can sit back all he wants to, fall back. There's no pressure of putting a first-round pick in there to learn. So that's why I say the second round is where people have to look at. And if Josh Jacobs falls down there, unless he falls all the way to 53rd and 57, because even though the Eagles are intrigued by him, they're weighing options. I mean, Peterson's already said he's going to be a special player. And if um, with him saying that now, that's, that makes a lot of things. Listen, the intrigue that the Eagles have with Josh Jacobs, it says a lot. Says a lot. Now, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, man, it's, it, from top to bottom, it's just almost crazy to um, look at the Philadelphia Phillies. And, I mean, <sighs> McCutcheon and Sakara and Ramuto and Harper. Then you look at the bottom of the lineup, you go to Hernandez, Herrera, and Franco. And see, last year, that might have been the one, two, and three. You know, I mean, these guys can play. Herrera's made All-Star game. Henderson's hit the 300. His powers got better. Franco is, is, a, is a power hitter. Now he's continuing from the next because he's the eighth spot guy. He's in a dream situation to be the eighth spot guy. He could he could absolutely be an all-star this year. Uh, looking at the, the pitching, um, people talk about the starting pitching. And, you know, when they won the World Series, it wasn't a great staff. You know, they had Cole Hamels and, you know, Brett Myers, everybody kind of reflected around that. But when you look at, this team, it's, it's a better uh, staff, really. You look at Nola and Arietta, but then you look at Pavita and Pavetta. Pavetta is young. Pavetta is young in the flamethrower. He can get people out. He's only tipping the, the the height of his potential. Zach Effin is a very good pitcher. He's young, though. He, he can get to his peak. He's the type of guy who has Cy Young potential. I mean, Zach Effin can pitch. And Vince Valesquez is another guy, flamethrower. Get up to 100 miles per hour. He gets it all together. He's going to be the third toughest pitch on there. I mean, then you got Domingo. But with, with this starting five won't do, just like what happened with Pavetta with four innings, you put in guys like Morgan, Nicasio, uh, um, Robertson, Dominguez. Put in guys like that, and they can shut down Neshek. Neshek, I mean, you put in guys like that, and this bullpen is so nice, it's so good, has so many pieces that you can put those guys in to finish off games. It's a good team. It's a very dangerous team. Harper's home run was super epic. I turned the TV on, had me watching TV too much, and I came to do my writing work. And I uh, turned the TV on, and Harper was up the bat. As soon as I turned it on, and something told me it's about to happen. His first hit, it's going to be a home run. I mean, it was just being told to me. And next thing you know, it's like it was a guy. Wow, he hits a home run. 
I mean, I turned the TV on, wiping the cold out of my eyes. I had been sleeping for a minute, and I swear, something had told me that to keep watching this TV, I didn't move my face. It was still, and Harper hits a home run. It was crazy. This team is super, super dangerous, and teams are going to be scared to pitch against these guys. Nick Williams is your pinch hitter. Scott King reads your other pinch hitter. I mean, these guys, super prospects. These were top prospects in baseball. These are your backups. Wait till Roman Quinn comes back. I really think um, one thing I want to say about the Sixers is that it's just a team about to gel together. One team about to gel. Don't panic because MB's down. They need these pinch guys to get time in. And Bolton, 19-8. Look at that. This guy can hit the three. He's a very dangerous player, especially at the five. And you put him in this game, and you got guys like Shake Milton and Zaya Smith showing that this Sixer team is going to be a very dangerous franchise. They're going to be their next championship team. This ain't going to be the year they win it. If they do, it'll be a surprise. I still think they can make it to the finals. I think they will. I just don't think no team in the East will beat the Sixers. They will make it to the finals. It's a scary thought to think if they could beat the Warriors, they have the lineup. People are talking about their bench, which is crazy. When you think of T.J. McConnell, James Ennis, uh, Mike Scott, Boban, Jonah Bolden, Amari Johnson, like what? What are people thinking when they talk about when they when their centers when when their bench needs to step up? It steps up. There's times they don't need the bitches to stand up, you know, come through and be a factor out there. And that's when you don't see them. Now, when we talk about a team... as good as the Phillies right now. The thing is that it's going to take, you know, some time to jail all the way. Don't think this is the best of them. I mean, team people are still getting used to where they at. They're still getting used to um, playing as a unit. They're still getting used to the clubhouse. You know, it's young guys. And the big thing is going to be the bullpen. I mean, not the bullpen, but the uh, minor leagues. How good is the minor league going to be? Well, it's going to be an effect when you got these vets and you got these all-stars in there. It's going to be an effect. It's going to be to the point where, you know, guys are going to be around Harper. They're going to be around Segura, and they're going to end up being even better. Mickey Moniak is the number one guy who's in double-A, along with Adam Hazley, another top eight uh, draft pick, and then Cornelius Randolph. This Redding team is going to be good, and this triple, the Lehigh triple-A team is going to be good. It's going to be something to see how they go. Watch Alec Baum. Um, he's going to be um, stepping up a notch. He's the future third baseman, number three overall. We're going to see how he gets down. There's some good pitches that it's time to see what they're about. So watch out. Now, the big thing I look at with the Sixers is that they just have to keep on playing. There's nothing to it, really. They just have to keep on playing. Simmons had near triple-double, 20-11, and nine assists. And you, you're going to see him do this, and you're going to see him get used to making moves. He has to keep on playing. He will get better and better. The Philadelphia Eagles, um, they're doing the same thing the Flyers have to do. 
Right now, like I tell people, don't worry, don't panic about it. If the Eagles can go either route, this is where I'm starting off with. They can go either route. They can keep Smallwood. They can not keep Smallwood. They can come in and have their running back sit out and really don't get no snaps, whether he's a first-round pick or not, or he comes to get a couple of snaps. Or he might come in and be a second. They can do whatever they want. That's the position that they want themselves in. That's the position they are in. And it's Cowboy talk. This is crazy. How are the Cowboys better than the Eagles with Randall Cobb? When Nelson Aguilar is clearly a better player than he is. More dynamic than he is right now. Who's better than Sean Jackson? Devon, Tavon Austin, the, the poor man's. Deshaun Jackson, everybody said he was like Deshaun Jackson. No, he's not. Now, you can go with Mari Cooper being better than um, Alshon Jeffrey, but Alshon Jeffrey's still an elite receiver. So that's a win-win there, whether he's over him or not. Now you got three guys who are over. Mac Hollins, you look at that Super Bowl year and the plays he made, he's going to be back. Sheldon Gibson is a speed burner. He's not a guy that's proven a lot, but he did catch a 48-yard bomb. There wasn't a touchdown, but it was a 48-yard catch last year and got better as a receiver. Watch out if A.J. Brown gets drafted next year. I mean, this year. He's another guy that the Eagles are looking at. Okay, Richard Rodgers. He's an uh, end zone, red zone, big tight end target that can block. Dallas Golder, another weapon. Zach Ertz, how in the world do they have a better receiving core than we got? All right. It's a big thing right now with this. Uh, everybody's talking. Just know this. They're going to get yard. They're going to be able to balance their team. They got more weapons at receiver. They got their whole offensive line back. And now this offense is ready for wars. No offense right now. But in the FC, in the FC East better. They can, they can go ahead and compete with the New Orleans, the Minnesotas. Philly can do that. They have the weapons now. People are going to be in trouble. Just for what they got right now. Before we hit the draft. Like I said, let's hit this draft again. Josh, Jake, this is talk about the running back situation. You talking about what draft picks that they get? Titus Howard, Cody Ford. Those are two guys that offensive tackles that I could see them drafting. If Christian Wilkins falls, they might trade up for him or Jeffrey Simmons. It's another defensive tackle. Ed Oliver and Montez Sweet, are they going to trade up for those guys? They, they visited both of them. Philadelphia is definitely willing and dealing and thinking. But right now, they can compete with any team in the NFL right now. None of these draft picks are going to change and accepting that. The Eagles are ready for the Super Bowl right now. Looking at who the, who the Eagles have and what they could do, whatever they're going to do. This team right here is ready for it. The only guy I say on this running back that's not sure of a job is Smallwood because they already got, they know what Clement can do. They know, they know what Abs can do to the forward and they know Howard. Those three guys, I think Smallwood's out of here and it's going to be a draft pick to take up for that. No doubt about it. It's going to be a draft pick that's going to end up taking his spot and they can end up letting Smallwood go. And let's just think about it. Josh Jacobs, just say they tr- d- decide to get him. He'll fall back. He'll get a touch or a rush here and there, but he's going to fall back. Period. Don't care where is it. 25th pick, he's falling back. And I think that'll end up being the end of Corey Clement. I don't think he stays with that team that long. I think Josh Jacobs uh, or Josh Adams, I think Corey Clement or Josh Adams is out of here. 
I think with Howard being there, they, they can give a time for Adams or Clement to leave. You got a power guy. You got a guy that can pound it. Jordan Howard's that guy. If they can get Josh Jacobs or uh, Miles Sanders or Devin Singletary, three guys that can catch the ball and run the ball, one of those two guys, you're talking about dynamic run the attack. And I think they're going to do it. So listen, y'all, Philly talk. We out of here, man. The Phillies is on. The Eagles looking like their Super Bowl team. Don't worry about it. Shout out to my guy, Lord Bronson. And, um, guy, he goes hard. Gets down. Shout out to Mike K reporting. Uh, Ed Kratz. Guys like that. Keep pumping. Uh, Jamie Broski. Jamie Boscow. Um, It's on, y'all. Phillies talk. Follow the leader. Out.